MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. Today, the January 6th committee has identified 135 more Eastman emails it believes are subject to the crime fraud exception. The committee says it's likely it will use video of the depositions it took during the public hearings that begin in June. Republican Congressman Tom Reed resigns amid sexual assault allegations, and OAN admits there was no voter fraud after settling its defamation suit. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, Dana. Traveling, joining us from Zoom today. Just wanted to give everybody a heads up on that. How are you, my friend? I am good. And thank you for the patience uh, out in in the Beans listener land. Um, every once in a while, things get a little screwy and you always have been so understanding. So we appreciate it. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, everyone's very, everyone's totally legal and totally cool who listens to this show. Super. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to have Steve Pearson on from the How We Win podcast. And here's something cool. How We Win, the podcast, has set up a link for donating to Democrats in the midterm elections, and they do it automatically. I'm going to talk to Steve about that later in the show. They do it to to the races that need it the most, and 100% of the money goes to the candidates. And we're going to have our own link. The MSW Media family of podcasts and network partners will have its own link to fundraise so that we know how much our little network, our little tiny slice of the universe has raised for the 2022 midterm elections. So that link is going to be up on our site at mswmedia.com. And I will talk to uh, Steve Pearson a little bit later in the show about how it all works and how amazing it is. So thank you to Steve Pearson and the How We Win show, the How We Win podcast. With that, we do have a lot of news to get to. Some very big news today. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up in a bizarre court filing today. John Eastman's attorney tells the court that the January 6th committee has identified 135 more emails that fall under the crime fraud exception for attorney-client privilege, and then makes a couple of idiotic demands that the committee has basically ignored. (laughs) And you know by now, John Eastman is one of the architects of the plot to overturn the election by throwing out legit electors and replacing them with fraudulent Donald electors, a plan he himself called illegal. And the House has been trying to get his Chapman University emails since January when Eastman sued to block them. Now, in this court filing, Eastman is asking for two more days until May the 12th, which is tomorrow for you time travelers, two more days to keep having discussions with the 1-6 committee. And by the way, it's funny. He says, we've been trying to talk to him and they just keep saying, no, we don't have any position on your requests. And they just keep ignoring him. But he wants two more days to keep trying to talk to him about which emails he'll hand over and which ones he'll, he, you know, he said he's going to get rid of some privilege anyway. As you know, the judge in this case has already ruled that 101 of 111 emails that the judge reviewed in camera sent between January 4th and January 7th must be handed over to the committee, one of which, one of those emails, Judge Carter determined, fell under the crime fraud exception because he found that beyond the preponderance of the evidence presented to the court by the 1-6 committee, that Trump and Eastman violated federal statutes, 18 U.S. Code 371, 
conspiracy to defraud the United States, and 1512C2, obstructing an official proceeding. Now, Eastman says he's willing to waive his privilege assertion on some of the emails that the committee wants, but's asking the court to require the House to submit evidence that the 135 of those emails fall under the crime fraud exception. The thing is, John, they already did. They already proved it. The court already determined beyond a preponderance of the evidence that Trump and Eastman committed crimes. Now, further, Eastman is asking the court for the House to participate in discovery and hand over some of their evidence to him and his lawyers. Trouble with that is that no crime has been charged and discovery isn't a thing in a non-crime. So at least a crime hasn't been charged yet. So you can't ask for discovery in a <laughs> you're not on trial. <laughs> I imagine the judge will rule that Eastman can probably have two more days. Like, whatever. You could keep trying to, you know, ask the committee out on a date. They're probably going to keep turning you down. Stop checking her Instagram. <laughs> but he can't have his weird discovery thing. I think the judge will say, you, there's no discovery. He's already ruled on it. He's like, he's asked for discovery several times. It's like, no. Nor will the House have to prove again that Trump and Eastman committed crimes. Those are my beans. We'll see what happens here. It definitely will. All right, AG, this douchebag, Congressman Tom Reed, the Republican in New York 23rd District, announces immediate resignation from office on the floor of the Congress on Tuesday. The resignation comes after Reed had previously announced in late March that he would not run for public office in 2022. I wonder why. Well, this might have something to do with it. Reed was accused of sexual misconduct earlier this year relating to an incident during a political trip to Minnesota in 2017. His accuser, Nicolette Davis, told the Washington Post that Reed massaged her, unclipped her bra, and put his hand on her thigh while they were at an Irish pub in Minneapolis. <gasps> is right. I just got a lot more gay. <laughs> Every time I hear a fucking story about one of these douchebags, IG, I'm telling you, I'm just so grateful. Should we have a segment? Like that made me gayer. <laughs> and today, Dana gets more gay or something like that. Oh my could- God, I think you just wrote it. I think we should. All right. We'll just file stories under that. And they could be good stories about women, too. Okay. Following the Washington Post reporting, Reed initially said in a statement that the allegations were not accurate. However, Reed later released a statement in which he apologized to Davis. His full statement can be read here. There's a clip for that. And we'll put that in the show notes. Addressing the House on Tuesday, Reed said, My most profound appreciation is for the people of Western New York. Thank you for giving a country lawyer, the youngest of 12, raised by a single mother whose father passed away when he was only two, the honor of representing you at the highest level. Only in America can such a dream come true. Yeah, if that dream is to assault someone in the U.S. Congress, yep, that's the dream that he had. Well done. Well done, sir. Now, Reed represented New York's 23rd district, which includes much of the Southern tier. Governor Kathy Hochul, by the way, I got to follow her on stage in New York, Allison. Mm -hmm. My God, if I'm ever in a bar fight, I want this woman (laughs) behind me. She is a fucking badass. Anyway, (laughs) if you ever heard her speak, I mean, she is like, anyway. Yeah, she's like, no shit. She's like, absolutely not. Amazing. She just lays it out there. Uh, Yeah, she's pretty straightforward. I love her. Yes. To continue, Governor Kathy Hochul, as 10 days from the date of Reed's resignation, May 10th, to issue a proclamation declaring a special election in his congressional district. The election would be no earlier than 70 days from the proclamation and no later than 80 days, placing a special election for Reed's seat in late July or early August. That means we have some time, people. Let's take the fucking seat. Ding, ding. Let's do it. 
the Southern Tier, a Southern lawyer, one of 12 kids. Mm. All right, back to the House Select Committee investigating January 6th. It's quite possible that excerpts of the January 6th Select Committee's witness depositions eventually become public, according to people familiar with the probe who spoke to our friend Kyle Cheney at Politico. You'd have to be woefully naive if you don't think they're going to use some of the videos at the hearings, said one of the people who spoke candidly on the condition of anonymity. But the committee's plans for the tapes, if they've been formalized yet, aren't currently clear, and the spokesperson for the panel declined to comment. Another person familiar with the probe, who was also a witness before the Capitol Riot Committee, said investigators didn't say what they would do with the video that they took. The select panel's chair, Benny Thompson, has said it will hold at least eight public hearings starting next month, June 9th, but the committee hasn't yet indicated who will testify in those hearings and what formats they may take. CNN has reported that the committee plans to create a multimedia presentation as part of its final work product. Uh, By the way, Kyle says these videos aren't a state secret. Longtime Donald Trump ally Rudy Giuliani, who bailed on a transcribed interview scheduled for Friday, said he anticipated the session would be taped, but pulled out after the committee declined to let him have his own aide tape the interview as well, probably so he could get his own tapes out and edit them and make it look like he said things that the committee said he didn't say. Anyway, (laughs) Rudy said, I was all ready to Skype. I had my guy all ready to do my video. Oh, boy, Rudy. I mean, they were going to do their video. Giuliani said in a Friday interview on Bannon's War Room podcast, all I wanted was my own version of the tape. I would not use it unless they lied about me. If they lied about me, I was going to use it to take their heads off. Okay. All right. Giuliani said he was still in talks with the committee about seeking a reasonable compromise. Whatever, dickbag. Anyway, I have a present for you, Dana. I have a little bit. Oh, you do. I I have a little bit of schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Ah. Some of these are just always delicious. Some of these are always delicious, I should say. I'm not even going to ask for an edit. Make it out, people. All right. (laughs) The right-wing cable network, One America News, on Monday, ran a pre-recorded 30-second segment acknowledging that there was, quote, no widespread voter fraud. I wonder why they had to do that by Georgia election workers in the 2020 presidential election. The segment appears to be part of a recent settlement relating to a defamation suit brought against the network by two such workers. So this is part of what they had to do. The segment notes that an investigation by state officials into an unsubstantiated claims of widespread voter fraud made by the ex-president Donald Trump and his pal Rudy Giuliani seems to be in a lot of the news lately turned up absolutely nothing. Boop kiss, squat, nothing. And this is a quote. That was not a quote. This is a quote. The results of this investigation indicate that Ruby Freeman and Wandria Shea Moss did not engage in ballot fraud or criminal misconduct. And that was like a narrator says this on the ad and went on to say a legal matter with this network and two election workers has been resolved to the mutual satisfaction of the parties through a fair and reasonable settlement. Again, that was the voiceover on this ad. (laughs) Now, Freeman and her daughter Moss say they were harassed online and in person after baseless rumors began circulating online, due in part to content published by the conspiracy website, The Gateway Pundit, which the pair also sued. We covered this story a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. Now, in January 2021, when Trump pressured Georgia Secretary of State Brad Roethlisberger uh, to try to, quote, find votes to overturn, a very specific amount, by the way, votes to overturn the state's election results, he mentioned Freeman's name 18 times, which obviously caused a big problem. 
Freeman was also visited by a publicist for Kanye West who threatened her in an effort to extract a confession about committing election fraud. Do you remember that? Did the, I do. Was, the lady came bananas. in there and they were like, yeah, somebody named Harrison Ford is going to come and get you. Yeah. You know. Remember? <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Like we named the dog Indiana. Yeah. Oh. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that was a really good impression, dear. Thank you. And if that weren't enough, AG, video of the pair doing their jobs was hyped up by Rudy Giuliani and who else? Sean Hannity, who falsely claimed that it showed blatant, clear, obvious fraud. While speaking to Georgia State House Republicans about the video during a Zoom meeting in December 2020, Giuliani at one point can be heard saying, We should try to get this on Newsmax or OANN. Jesus, Freeman and Moss sued Giuliani as well. And that case is ongoing, which is great because this is a really good sign. If they got OANN to actually have to settle, there's a good chance Rudy and maybe Hannity will have to make a public fucking apology to these two women because they deserve it. At some point, like Rudy has to put up a YouTube video and it's and it's and it's stipulated in the settlement that it has to be a photo of him with his face melting off or or in front of Four Seasons Landscaping Just... with the voiceover saying there was no widespread election voter fraud. And I apologize to Ruby and Moss and the whole family. That would be my preferred way to have to say. And just to plea, just to plea, please. I know that they have done some things to Republicans. If the Republicans decide for some reason to go after Rudy Giuliani, for the love of all that is holy, do not release any sort of a sex tape, even if you have it. Like, it's not going to hurt him. It's just going to hurt us. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, right? Stop God. releasing Republican sex tapes. Oh. They, they don't hurt Republicans. They, they only, only hurt, hurt us. us. I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to tweet that. Shit. All right, tweet it now. Oh, man. All right. Thank you for that little bit of schadenfreude. Up next, I'm going to talk with Steve Pearson, the host of the How We Win podcast. We're going to talk about the new MSW Media link for fundraising for the midterm elections and how you can donate and where your money goes and why it's important and all that good stuff. Stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. The Beans today are brought to you by Helix Sleep. As you know, a good night's sleep is the foundation for a healthy life. You need it. I need it. We all do. And when your sleep is suffering, so are you. Trust me, I know. For years, sleep was a struggle for me. I used to toss and turn all night, wake up feeling sore and cranky. I thought the rest of my life was going to be dominated by difficult sleep and impossible mornings. But I am excited to tell you that Helix Sleep swooped into my rescue. And it was so easy. Everyone's unique, as you know, and Helix knows that too. So they've created a simple two-minute quiz online to find out your body type and sleep style and then match you with the perfect mattress for you. I cannot overemphasize how much better my life is now that I sleep on a mattress that was made for me and not someone else. They've got several different models of mattresses, including soft, medium, and firm, plus-size mattresses for plus-size sleepers, and even mattresses that can help cool you off if you get those uncomfortable night sweats. I took the quiz myself. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I'm a side sleeper and I enjoy a medium-firm mattress, and it's incredible. So if you're looking for a mattress, go to helixsleep.com dailybeans. Take their two-minute quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. As you know, Helix was awarded number one overall mattress pick in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine and has been recommended by several chiropractors and leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep. They have a 10-year warranty and you'll get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix also has flexible payment plans and finance options, so a great night's sleep is never far away. And right now, for our listeners, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. 
So go to Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Daily Beans for $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Everybody, welcome back. Happy today to be joined by the host of the How We Win podcast, Steve Pearson. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm great, AG. It's so nice to see you again. It is always a pleasure to see you, my friend. And, and we're actually doing good stuff today. We aren't reacting to awfulness, which is why I'm very glad to have you on the show, because the How We Win podcast has a How We Win fund. And I wanted to talk to you about midterm fundraising, because we get so many questions about where does my dollar do the most good? And so right. let's talk about that. Yeah, well, we are reacting to awfulness, but in a positive way. We're actually doing something about it and uh, helping support candidates that are fighting to protect and expand our rights and not take our rights away. So um, it's really important. And we talk about this. I've talked about it with you a bunch and on our show all the time that this is the most important election of our lifetime. And uh, it's not hyperbole. We're really seeing why it is. So We've got a, a fund. We're partnering with our good friends at Swing Left. Full disclosure, I used to work there, but that's not why we're using Swing Left. Uh, they do a really great job of creating this immediate impact fund that goes to all of the races that need that money the most. And it's dynamic. It changes. So if you're wondering like where, uh, what race needs me the most or where is my money going to make the biggest impact? They do that for you. They, they, uh, they're in touch with all the campaigns and it's state houses and gubernatorial races, Senate campaigns, congressional campaigns, all the stuff that we know is so, so important right now. So they take the guesswork out of it. And um, yeah, we get to uh, partner up on this with some of our fun MSW Media podcast uh, compadres and uh, be a force multiplier to raise even more money for these crucial elections. Yeah. And as money is raised, the landscape of where money is needed changes. Mm -hmm. And that's what Swing Left does is they they keep that current as you know, so that if something changes, like all of a sudden, oh, our coffers are full on this particular race. Let's go over to the next most important race. And, and they do that for you. So all the guesswork is taken out of it. And, you know, Swing Left has you worked there. I, we've worked with them in the past during our live tour. One of the most credible and, and amazing organizations out there that you and you can 100% trust what they do with your money, that they'll do the best thing for the Democrats. Because, and let's be honest, if we lose in, in November, we lose the Senate, we lose the House, there's no way Mitch McConnell isn't going to blow up the filibuster to ban abortions nationwide. Absolutely. For example. Yeah. And uh, and just another plug in terms of swing left and how you can trust the, all the money that you're donating goes right to the campaigns. None of it goes to swing left. Like a lot of organizations will take 10 percent off the top or something for operational stuff. They don't do that. All this money goes directly to these races. And um, again, I worked with these great people. I know uh, how brilliant they are. The political department has you know really great relationships with all the campaigns they work in concert with local organizations on the ground not just the dnc yes they work with the dnc they work with uh, uh the senate campaigns and the congressional campaigns but they also work with local groups like fair fight in georgia and um, redistricting groups and stuff like that so they've got a really great holistic view on where that money is going to make the biggest impact so and we need it we need like we know, I know you talk about it on your show all the time. Early money is really important. 
And it might feel like the midterms are a little far away because we're just having primaries in a lot of states, but, um, but it's not less than six months away. And this early money is going to really, really help. And one other thing that I will add in states where there hasn't been a primary yet, or they're about to happen, Swing Left raises money for those districts or those, uh, you know, like a Senate fund that will go to the eventual Democratic nominee. So they're not putting their thumb on the scale in any primaries. They're going to support whoever comes out of that primary and has a Democratic nomination. Yeah. And let's talk about that for a minute, because I am all for primaries and people deciding which Democrat they want to represent Democrats in the general election. And most people I know, most people you know, you fight the hard fight during the primary. And then when a nominee is chosen, you fight for that nominee, whomever that nominee is. The the Republicans seem to have their shit together a little bit better when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Now, they may face a little bit of an uphill battle with, you know, who Donald decides to endorse. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of infight. The GOP is in disarray. Let's just say that. But, you know, for our house and for our party and our our big tent, I think it's very important that we understand and come together and rally around behind whoever that primary winner is, regardless of, of whether they were our, our choice in the primary. And this is a perfect example. I was a, I was a Warren stan. Me too. That's right. <laughs> during, I knocked During the 2020 her. primaries. Yeah. yeah. And she's an amazing voice and she's doing incredible work still to this day. Uh, but when Biden was chosen, who was like my sixth choice, <laughs> right. 100% of my effort went behind that candidate because, you know, we're facing a little bit different, a different choice in our elections going forward than we did pre-January 6th. And and that's because we're now choosing between democracy and autocracy, not just between Democrat and Republican. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, fascism on the rise in our own country. And uh, there are representatives who are doing anything to stay in power. And they're literally uh, what used to be culture wars are now just straight up wars. These issues that used to be just you know, issues that would galvanize Republican base like, you know, abortion rights. Now they're literally taking away our rights. And um, and so the stakes couldn't be higher. And, um, you know, I love a good primary. I love a good battleground for ideas. But also, you know, I I live in Los Angeles, which is my deep blue, you know, kind of double bubble as uh, as Congresswoman Karen Bass, who uh, speaking of primaries, I hope is our next mayor. But anyway, um, you know, I I have a blue, blue perspective. I'm very liberal and a lot of people around me will vote for a very progressive candidate. But um, I don't pretend to know what it's like to live in another place. And I'm not going to put my thumb on the scale of another community there. I'm going to let them vote for who they're going to vote for and then support that Democrat because the stakes have never been higher. Yeah, we might run into a situation uh, in the future sometime where the Democratic nominee is like Joe Manchin mm. or a Joe Manchin-esque character. Well, that's troublesome. Yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) it is very troublesome. But if that's who wins the primary and you have to choose between a Joe Manchin and uh, and a Republican and a J.D. Vance or whatever. Exactly. Now, (laughs) one other thing I just wanted to talk about really quick is democracy is hard. Something that we're going to have to we're going to come up against is is apathy and exhaustion Mm. because democracy is hard. And there's a reason that people want to make it seem harder than it is. And that's because. That's what the slow creep of autocracy is, right? Democracy is slow and the gridlock in Washington is terrible and everything takes so long. And I only got $10,000 in student debt relief and not 50. Mm-hmm. And uh, things are so hard to get passed in, in, in our Congress. Uh, and that is 
that sort of exhaustion and those sort of complaints are how autocracies come to be because autocracy is easy. It's just, it's easy to get things done. They just get terrible things done. And so I think we all sort of, I think we're probably preaching to the choir here with the folks listening to the Daily Beans, but the United States has a giant target on its back. It's the tallest democracy, tallest hog in the trough, right? And so we are going to be and have been and will continue to be inundated with messages like democracy sucks. It's too hard. Both parties are the same. They're all just corporate shills, et cetera, et cetera, because then everyone just sort of sits at home. Nobody votes and autocracy can move in for the kill. So I think we need to make sure that that we sort of understand that and and that we aren't just voting for ourselves, but we're voting for everyone in the United States. And um, I think we need to understand our privilege as individual voters when we do that. That's so important. I have so much to say about that. So I'm going to try to cram it into a small time here. First of all, you mentioned apathy. Apathy is how fascism thrives. And that is the goal of misinformation. It's the goal of the big lie. It's the goal of, of all of the Republicans' hate and division is to make us feel like we don't matter and that we don't have a voice and to feel that apathy. So we have to fight against that. We have to rise above that. Now, what I've seen in the last uh, week since the draft uh, on Roe came out is people really stepping up and rising up again at levels that I haven't seen since 2018. And it's really exciting because if you're working and organizing um, circles like I am and you are, it's been harder to get people to volunteer. And if you want to cure that apathy in regular citizens, you do it by having voter contact. You do it by making phone calls. You do it by knocking doors and letting people know what's at stake and that the Democrats really do have their back. So I'm really encouraged in this last week because we're seeing people sign up for stuff like crazy. Of course, we have uh, the women's marches, the bands off our bodies marches happening this weekend and um, and people are getting involved again. And I'm really hopeful. And then uh, where this ties into the fun that we're doing, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning that we're force multipliers when we do this work together. So um, it's great to donate. It's great to um, to go out and vote. It's more powerful if you can get other people to come vote with you. And it's more powerful if you can create your own little donation circle, do your own phone rate, uh, fundraiser, fundraiser even. You can do it as a party. You can do it with your friends and family. You can take the How We Win fund and uh, and start raising on your own uh, with that, too, because when we do that, when we bring three, when we bring five people to the polls with us instead of just ourselves, that's really how we win. We win by all, getting everyone around us involved. And I'm encouraged. I, I really am. It's, it's a scary, dark time, but we've seen some good polls on the midterms lately. We've seen the tide changing on Republican-Democrat favorability on the generic ballot, and we're seeing people really understand the gravity of this moment and what's at stake. Mm -hmm. And it is not too late. It is not too late. I've heard a lot of people say that it's too late. The Supreme Court justices are already in there. It's just too late. It is not. If we can get enough net enough seats in the Senate over the next couple of elections, things take time. Democracy takes time. Autocracy is fast. To the contrary. We can net some more seats. We can get rid of the filibuster for hopefully at least voting rights, codifying Roe, perhaps even adding some justices to the Supreme Court. But if we don't vote, it will be. It will be. It's too not late. too late. We are just getting started, actually. Yes. We are yes. just in power. We need to solidify our power 
increase those majorities, and then we can do all the great things that we really want to do. Yes. Nothing will be done in one election cycle. Please keep that in mind. This is a long <laughs> game. The Republicans have played a long game for 40 years, 50 years, and now and now we need to start thinking in long term. Damn them. Uh, not so instant gratifications. I call them the Instagrats. We got to think we got to think further into our future and the future of this country. Thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can find the How We Win Fund and where they can sign up to volunteer, postcard, phone bank, text bank, all that. Well, I recommend Swing Left for all that stuff. That's the easiest place to go to sign up to volunteer and find a group. For our fund, it's swingleft.org slash fundraise slash how we win. And uh, let me do that again. Swingleft.org slash fundraise slash how we win. Awesome. Thank you, Steve Pearson. Everybody check out the How We Win podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And I appreciate your time today, Steve. Thanks, Edgy. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hi, everybody. It's AG from The Daily Beans. Hey, this is Kimberly Johnson, host of the Start Me Up podcast. Hi, it's Frangela from The Final Word and Idiot of the Week podcast. Hi, this is Jody Hamilton of the From the Bunker podcast. Hi, it's Mariah and Steve from, from How, How We, we win. win. And we are joining forces to support the How We Win Fund. The midterms are coming, and the best way we can fight back against the Republicans is to support Democrats in key battleground states. Our democracy is under attack, but we don't agonize. We we organize. Yes, we do. Together, we can protect and expand our Democratic majority this November. We are so close to a Cinna mansion-proof majority in the Senate. Take them out. Join the MSW Media family of podcasts and support the races that need us the most by donating to Swing Left's National Impact Fund. Just one donation goes directly to all of Swing Left's top races. A GOP stoking hate, peddling lies, and suppressing our vote means we need everyone to step up to protect voting rights, civil rights, abortion rights, the environment, constitutional gender equality, the government, our institutions, all the things. Do it. We beat Trumpism before, and together we will make history again. So go to swingleft.org slash fundraise slash how we win to donate what you can, share this with your friends and family, and let's show the GOP that the grassroots persistence is here to stay. This This is How We Win. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. What knows? Good news. <laughs> and as you know, I am in search of a new good news segment music introduction. I'll be working on one tonight at home. I've got a couple of great submissions that I'm going through. If you have any interesting submissions you might want to send our way, you can do so. Along with any good news, confessions, corrections, what the mutt, find the cat, be stories, things you're creating, small businesses, any of that, you can go to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, first up from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Hi, all. I went fishing, not catching, the other day. We got completely shut out. The good news is that I got to feed a bunch of bait to this cool bird I met as we loaded the boat back on the trailer. Also, we were able to untangle all of the reels that I ratted up from my terrible casting. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. 
bless your heart with your casting. All right, this is from Chris pronouncing him. <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to be able to take a couple of weeks for a solo di- uh, drive up the West Coast. Oh, nice, Chris. I can go at my own pace. I need an edit. I realized I took off my glasses when we were laughing and I can't see a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Or leave that in there. I'm trying to read this good news story and I'm like, what has happened in the last 10 seconds in my vision? Okay. Holy shit. Okay, here we go. I will start at the beginning though for everyone. This is from Chris Pronouns, he and him. I've been fortunate enough to be able to take a couple of weeks for a solo drive up the West Coast. I can go at my own pace and it just feels good after constantly working for what feels like forever. I got to meet up with a longtime friend for a round of golf in Oregon. I join you in reminding everyone to take time for themselves. Yes, I should do that. I know, I know. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's gorgeous indeed. I want to run on that path. Well, I don't want to run, but if I had to run, I would want to run on that path. <laughs> I'm going to reissue my statement for correctness. Okay. Next up from Mary, pronouns she and her. Dear AG, Dana, and all the Daily Beans listeners, my good news for today is that my husband and I have a trip to Niagara Falls, New York, planned for the first week of June. I like how you put the New York in there, like it would be like it might have been a different Niagara Falls. I've never been to Niagara Falls, and neither has my husband. Dana, have you ever been? I haven't. It's on my list. I'm, I'm a I've waterfall chaser, so I want to see it. Yeah, I've never been either. I, I, this sounds amazing. And uh, Mary goes on to say, we're both pretty excited to be going there now. I've been told that the Canadian side of the falls is nicer than the American side. So we're probably going to bring our passports with us just in case we decide to cross over to see the falls from the Canadian side, too. We'll be sure to send pictures when we get back. Yes, Mary must send falls tax pictures. We need to see them. For sure. All right. Oh, my God. I scrolled. You scrolled. I I was like, wait, did I miss a picture? Okay. This one's... (laughs) It's like, I know my vision's not that bad. Okay, this is from Evelyn, pronouns she and her. While it's not a new good news song, hopefully this will bring a smile to your faces today. I will not submit this as a voice recording as I don't want to scare you or your team. I'm sure many of us remember this tune from our childhood days, at least those of us who are, quote, of a certain age. So sing along. Here we go. Beans, beans, they're good for your heart. The more you listen, the more you're smart. The more you're smart, the better off you'll be. So listen to Beans on the Daily. Poetry is not my strong suit. It's not bad. That was not bad. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. All right. For my pet tax, here's the little pepper. Here's my little pepper. While she may uh, look like a miniature schnauzer, I assure you, she's not. She's 100% attention hound. Oh, yes. The official AKC attention hound breed. There you go. We have a purebred due to severe pet dander allergies. But in irony, to beat all ironies, the dog we have, because we are allergic to pet dander, is allergic to us. (laughs) How does that happen? Her dermatologist, yep, she has her own pet dermatologist, informed us she is allergic to human dander. Apparently, it's more common than you might think. She's spoiled rotten and even has her own Instagram account. And that is pepper underscore D-E underscore M-I-N-Z-E. Pepper Demins with more followers than me. (laughs) I I like to sew, crochet, and knit. And so here's a coffee mug cozy I made for myself that sort of looks like pepper. Thanks for the great info, interviews, and laughs. You all keep us sane in these frustrating days we are currently experiencing. Look. Look oh. at, oh my God, look at this crocheted dog. I know. Or I know, it's mama. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. That's a great cousin. <laughs> oh and I like, how you, I like how you frayed the ends of the yarns to make the, to make the, the, the attention hound beard. That's adorable. It is adorable. 
thank you for that, Evelyn. And thanks to everyone for submitting this, uh, these amazing photos and stories. We appreciate you so much. Seriously, we need this so badly. So if you have anything you want to send in, anything, seriously, anything at all, make something up. No, <laughs> anything you want to send in to us, you can do so at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. I am uh, just about to head off to a music studio with a very old friend who helped me record my first album in 2006, my music album. And we're going to work on a, a song for the good news. And so I'm very excited about that. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Dana? No final thoughts. I am. I'm just ready for this week. It's not. It's what Tuesday. It's, we're recording yeah. on Tuesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Oh, for the love of God. Take care of that's, yourselves, people. That's been a whole thing this week. It's only Tuesday. Yeah, that's been. Yeah, that's a thing. That's real. So um, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>